Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football won't be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. Head over to the website and use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to Olympic coverage, it's the best in the business. From sports, right down to your your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Believe in Jaguars podcast. I'm your co-host, Connor Miles. With me, as always, is my co-host, Laurie Fitzpatrick, and our new co-host, brand new, not new to the show because he was just on this previous episode, but former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor has decided to join the Jacksonville Jaguars podcast here at Believe Podcast Network and become a co-host for the show. I'm, I'm assuming he's going to end up being the star of the show pretty soon uh, with his ties to the Jacksonville organization and the fans that go crazy on Twitter for all his Jaguars takes. But Clay, we're so delayed to have you part of the show, man. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it because we're about to take over the Jacksonville Jaguar market. No, I love it, man. I appreciate you guys um, letting me come on and be a part of this. You know, I have a big passion about Jacksonville, big passion about Duval. I love talking talking Jacksonville. And to me, it's it's always it's always it's always been a question why why don't the Jaguars get as much attention as some of the other teams? And I want to bring light to this organization. I think they're heading in the right direction. It's a very exciting time to be a Jaguars fan. We got a Super Bowl winning coach. We got the first draft pick in the draft. And we have seventy million dollars on the million dollars in cap space to get some big time players. So I mean, this couldn't be more exciting time to be a Jaguars fan and to talk Jaguars. So I'm excited to be a part of this. And um, and yeah, let's do this thing, guys. Let's go on like Bitcoin. It only goes up. That's why you invested. I understand. It, it, it is true. <laughs> they have. They definitely have the roots in place. Uh, as from an outsider myself looking in, the roots are in place. Uh, all they have to do is just fertilize it, like Nick Sirianni over in Philadelphia was saying this year that everybody made fun of him for. But I do think for that Jacksonville has the pieces. I do think they do have the pieces. But we're going to talk about Devontae Adams rumor today. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are now rumored mm. to be interested in Devontae Adams, so we're obviously going to top on that. Uh, DJ Shark, yeah. though, is looking like a plan B option for Jacksonville. It's rumored that he's going to be offered a short-term deal. We're going to discuss that as well. We're going to get into this EVP discussion. You know, Laurie and I, when we first started this podcast, we were discussing about the possibilities of Rick Spielman joining uh, Trent Baalke in the front office and making a more unified uh, front office. But it seems like the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to go on a different route. We'll discuss that later in the show. Uh, Tyler Telton, new offensive quality control coach. He was the running back coach for the Ohio University. Uh, Doug Peterson looks like he's adding a new mix of college background into his play style what he's doing right now with Jacksonville uh, you know which is interesting because before Doug was more of a modern day West Coast offense I learned it from Andy Reid Mike Holmgren I'm gonna do it that way uh, very very stubborn in Philadelphia would not bring in guys like Graham Harrell who they really want to bring in from USC to bring in a college look to their offense he was totally opposed to that it seems like he's changed his tune so we're gonna have to discuss that later in the show but first let's start off with Tyler Shatley getting that two-year contract extension 
big move for Jacksonville. A lot of see, a lot of positive feedback on that. Uh, anytime you can keep a key death piece on the offensive line, that's always a good move. That's never a bad move. He's filled in as a spot starter just fine. It does uh, raise questions about Brandon Linder's future in Jacksonville. I have seen discussions about that with his being a possible cap casualty with his $9.5 million cap hit. Uh, I think that would be a bad move to get rid of Linder, though. I'm sure my co-hosts agree with that. We'll discuss that right now. But uh, Tyler Shatley, though, guys, that's a great move. Yeah, um, yeah I, I love – yeah, I'll, I'll go first here. I love Tyler Shatley. He was undrafted back in 2014. I remember when he came into the organization. I was there. Um, very unassuming guy, respectful, polite, nice dude. One thing you notice about Shat is he's going to work hard in the weight room. He's going to get all his sets in. He's going to be in the film room. He's going to be studying. He's a guy that keeps his head down and works hard. And this dude is strong. I mean, in the weight room, you like chat, you know, you got guys hooting, hollering, throwing up big weight. You know, he's throwing up the most weight, not making a sound. This guy is a strong guy. He's a smart guy. He's, um, I mean, I mean, you can't say enough about him. He's got 33 starts and 111 games, and we signed him for two years, six million, two something guaranteed. I think it's a perfect. I think it's a perfect signing for the Jaguars to bolster that interior offensive line. He can play a lot of different positions. He's strong. He's not going to get overpowered. And to talk about Linder, I love Linder too. He's one of my good buddies on the team back when I was in Jacksonville as well. But hey, he's only played nine games in each of the last two seasons. I mean, he's making it through half the season. You got to have a guy like like Shatley. And I still think we give Linder another season. We bring him back. I don't know if you do a long-term deal. Yeah. See if this guy's going to stay healthy three out of the last four seasons. He's only played nine games, three out of the last four. So if you're looking at a trend, this guy is great when he's on the field, he's a dog. And I like guys that have that mentality. He's nasty on the field, nicest guy in the world, but on the field, he's got that mentality and that's that mentality of toughness. I think that Doug loves that. If you're playing with them, you love that. But, hey, it's a results-oriented business. If you're not on the field, what does that do for you? So you're going to give him this huge contract. He's not going to be healthy. So I think Doug and the team has a lot to think about as, you know, when it comes to do we bring him back. Obviously, when he's on the field, he does great. He's a guy that you want to lead your team. He's got that right personality. When you're playing against him, you know, the defensive tackles from another team go, damn, I got Brandon Linder, the linebacker. We got Linder today. You know, it's going to be a grind. And you want that. But, hey. Who knows? Is he going to be healthy? Is he not? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think that we don't get Shatley unless Linder comes back because I think Shatley is only that depth piece that really goes well with Trevor Lawrence when Linder is down. Uh, so as you guys know, Linder is a he's a hunter, right? Because, you know, I follow him on Instagram. So <laughs> I see that he's always out there kind of uh, in his in his gear and his, you know, with tractors and, and hunting with him and his girl. And and he seems like an awesome guy. And, and he does have that tenacity on the field, especially in run blocking. He is so great for James Robinson. And the rapport that him and Trevor Lawrence has is, is really unmatched. So I just think that you don't get Shatley unless you have Linder because Shatley came in for Linder and they were pretty much in sync. It was like they didn't skip a beat him and Trevor Lawrence when Shatley came in uh, after Linder went down. So I think, yes, they bring Linder back, um, but it's probably not going to be for, you know, obviously like a max contract. And 
I'm not great with contracts anyway. Like I'm, I'm not too knowledgeable about how that all works. That's that's one part of uh, the NFL that I still have yet to learn. Right? We all we all have something to learn, right? So I think contracts is one of them. I don't really know much about um, what they're going to sign him for, um, but I do think that you know, like I said, without without a uh, Linder, you don't you don't get Shally. So I think they're going to come back together because. You know, with Clay, like you're saying, he he hasn't played a full season. So, um, but I think he's still worth it to to bring him back. So, I think he's great for the team. Yeah. I think you need, you know, a center you can rely on in a Doug Peterson offense. Um, yeah. It's hard for me to envision them not bringing him back, especially if, if Doug has any say, which I believe he does now. I believe Doug has more say than he ever has before as a coach. Um, but, yeah. The, the the pattern of Doug is how much he cares about the trenches and how much he focuses on the trenches. His first year with the Eagles, they added four offensive linemen that offseason. I expect the same in Jacksonville because I don't expect Cam Robinson to be back. I expect them to go a different round of left tackle. If you're going to make all these changes that you're going to do, Andrew Norwell is probably going to be gone well, as well. Uh, you're going to want to at least have some sort of consistent face on that offensive line. I know Tyler Shatley is the first part of it, but I I think you got to keep Brandon Linder. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe he reworks that contract or at least gives some money back to Jacksonville to lower that cap at a little bit at least. Uh, Because like you're saying, Clay, I mean, what leverage does Linder really have right now? He's only played nine games last two seasons. So, uh, but if I'm Jacksonville, there's no way I'm risking. The centers on this market are Ryan Jensen, and that's it. Uh, Obviously, Jensen would be an upgrade at this point, one of the best centers in the NFL right now, and it has that uh durability that clay's asking for from his center which you know is not crazy to ask for especially with the amount he's getting paid for but uh blender's mm-hmm. one of the best centers in the nfl when healthy yeah definitely trevor lawrence definitely. is still young you you want to give a center of that football iq to a quarterback that's still developing in this league uh i don't think jacksonville should move off of Linder at all i i, I think i understand where Lori's going with that for sure too because the insurance policy is there now you locked up the insurance policy. You don't have to worry about that. You can be more comfortable bringing Linder back and saying, hey, you know, if you do go down, at least we have plan B sitting in the wings uh, ready to go who we trust. But I, you can't live without Linder on this offensive line, especially with all the changes that they're going to go through this offseason with this offensive line. They have to have at least one consistent phase throughout. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Give, give, you know, let's give Linder another, another year here, see how he does, see how many games he can stay healthy for. When he's healthy, I love him. You know, like I said, I've played with Jason Kelsey. I've played with I've played with Linder. I know how important these guys are in the center of the offensive line, and these guys have that that leadership quality. I think I think we give them another chance. But hey, three out of the last four years, this guy has played nine games. Last two seasons, he's played nine games each season. We need more. If we're going to continue paying you like this, we need more than half a year from you. I know it's not his fault. He doesn't want to do that. But hey, if if, if you're showing me you can't make it through a season anymore. Then we're not gonna we're not gonna pay you like you're gonna make it through the season. That's the way I feel about it. I imagine that they have to do some sort of restructure with him though to free up some money and say, hey, look, we're gonna be so aggressive in free agency this offseason. You need to help us out. If you don't, Shatley's here. We just paid him and yeah. he's very reasonable money. Cause I don't I yeah. I mean, I I I personally don't think I, I I do believe they should bring Linder back. I don't believe they should get rid of him, but I personally don't think that moving off of Linder and going to Shatley is that huge of a downgrade either. I think you could get start him at center and be just fine as long as you fill out the rest of your offensive line, which is obviously what Jacksonville is going to do. So I don't think there's leverage on Linder's side to not take less money, to be honest with you. 
Uh, I think that would be the perfect move for Jacksonville. Is just to, you know approach him, say, "Hey, take this little pay cut uh, for the reasons that Clay stating durability is your best ability in the NFL. Uh, if you're not able to stay on the field, you don't really matter that much to the team. Uh, other than that, we really want you to be our center, though. You're the, you're a team captain. You're you're the quarterback yeah. of the offensive line. You you know you're the one of the smartest centers in the NFL. Of course, we want you. Uh, but of course, you got to take that pay cut, especially when you know these Devontae Adams rumors are out there. If you're paying Devontae Adams, which we're going to get into right now, you're paying him to be the, the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history, no matter what. When next deal he signs, he's the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. That's going to be a huge chunk of Jacksonville's cap. What a smart move to make while you have a quarterback on a rookie salary and that fifth year option in your back pocket. Uh, I would love to see Devontae Adams. And I'm not sure everybody would. He's the, the one of the best receivers in the NFL, if not the best. Uh, but on a scale, on like a reality standpoint, do you guys think it's a real possibility? I was like, Clay, sort of. Okay, let's go, Lori. Yeah, Lori, Lori, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's a possibility, especially with the Packers trying to rework, you know, rumors that they're trying to rework Aaron Rodgers' contract. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep both because their their cap space is so low right now. Right, Connor? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, they don't, it's they don't really have bad situation. Yeah, it's it is a really bad situation. Um it's a shame though because I'm not sure if the cap space, you know, everybody's saying cap space is a lie, right? It's a scam. Like yeah, any is. team can afford really any player even when you look at the cap space. So that's kind of concerning, but having two guys like Adams and Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how they keep both without the the league up in arms about that. Um you know, with this whole cap space is a lie thing. But either way, Devontae Adams is the best um, player in the NFL, and he's at the top of his game, honestly. He has last season had the most yards of his entire career, um, 1,500. So uh, with the most receptions, I think he was uh, the, the year before last – or last year he, was, he had the most uh, touchdowns of his career. I think it was 18. Uh, so he's really just – he's playing at the top of his game, and I don't see why – he wouldn't want to come to Jacksonville, right? Most cap space, young, young quarterback, uh, who has a really high upside. You have Doug Peterson, who's great. He's a great coach. I mean, he he has the he has the you know the history of winning the Super Bowl. So it just seems like if you want to be that star receiver, we can possibly pay you the most in the entire NFL. I think you know the Jacksonville is only behind the Dolphins when it comes to cap space. So. I don't mean to reiterate cap, cap, cap space because I don't know if it's real, but um, but yeah, I think the Jaguars do have a chance uh, because especially if um, the Packers are bringing back Devontae, I mean uh, Aaron Rodgers. It is frustrating though. It is frustrating how much cap space can be manipulated in the NFL, and the and the franchise tag ruins the business side of it. I can I just say get rid of the franchise tag. Because that's probably what the Packers are going to do. They're probably going to franchise tag Adams, let Rodgers' ordeal figure itself out. And if Rodgers decides I'm going to a different team, then they'll trade Adams while he's on the tag. And then Jacksonville has to give up something significant in addition to paying Adams, which, again, I still do no matter what. It's Devontae Adams. You you do whatever you can to give Trevor Lawrence Devontae Adams if you have the ability to. But uh, get rid of that franchise tag, Clay. Yeah, no, I, I think that's an interesting concept with the franchise tag, and it's it's just a weapon for the owners, you know, to, to be able to keep some of the guys at, at lesser value or give them another year. You have to pay them a decent value because it is, you know, the, the, the 
the five, the average of the five highest paid people in that players in that position. Um, and these, as you were saying, Lori, these, these cap guys are geniuses, you know, it's, um, they know how to, which player they can cut, which player they can trade. If they need to sign a guy, they can manipulate it in a certain way. It's just like, it's like our tax system. You know, these, these guys <laughs> know how to, these rich people, you know, they, they know how to do all these tax things. They pay zero taxes. How does this guy make hundred billion dollars? $100 million and he paid zero dollars in taxes. It's 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 a system, there's a way to manipulate it. These guys are experts. They go to school, they're all lawyers, they know exactly how to work with numbers. It's a huge market, it's a huge thing that all these organizations do. They manipulate the but but that being said, there's still only so much you can do. So the Jags having this cap space, you can do a lot more things than say a team that only only has a few million dollars and you know, I'm going to say this. If the Packers don't, which I assume they will, tag Devontae Adams. I mean, if you can't reach a deal with them, I assume they'll tag him. But if they don't, I think the Jaguars are the favorite for um, for Devontae Adams. You, you look at what he's making now. I mean, 14, you know, 14 and a half million dollars a year. That's a lot of money. But then you look at DeAndre Hopkins, who's, you know, he, Adams has had comparable numbers, better numbers then. He's making 27 million per year. You got Julio Jones, 22, Keenan Allen, 20, Amari Cooper, 20, and Adams is at 14. He's a guy that's been making good money, but he wants to make the most money. He thinks he's the best wide receiver in the league, and he wants to get paid like it. There's only a couple teams who are going to be able to pay that kind of money. And if he leaves Green Bay, I think the fact that the Jags have Doug Peterson. You know, old quarterback wants to throw the ball. You got Press Taylor. You got Jim Bob Cooter. You got Trevor Lawrence. You got Mike McCoy. You just brought in um, Tyler Tettleton, who's an old quarterback. You know, he's an all-time leader in passing at Ohio University. Guy likes to throw the ball. Devontae knows he's going to get his get his catches in. Devontae's from Fresno State. He wants to play in the warm weather. I know he's been playing in Green Bay. But what I used to look at when I was in, in, these, in these games, I wanted to know exactly what games I'm going to be freezing my tail off in. I go down the schedule. The schedule comes out. Okay, we got this cold game, this cold game, this cold. Oh, okay, it's not that bad. We only got four cold games, three cold games, whatever. But I think that matters to up and coming franchise. So I think Devontae leaves the Packers. He's going to come to Jacksonville. I think Shaw doesn't want to make a splash. I think Doug wants a good big time receiver. I think Trevor needs a veteran guy. He's 30 years old, but I think we can still you can still get several good years out of out of Devontae. So Absolutely. He's going to be a Jaguar if he leaves Green Bay. I will say this. If they don't sign Devontae Adams, they will sign Chris Godwin. It's going to be one of the two. Yeah, I they, they need gonna... one of those. And it's just like they don't have a number one receiver right now. They really don't. Even no. if they do decide to bring back DJ Chark, uh, he is not a number one receiver after looking at his you know production over the last you know, four years that he's been here. So, right. uh, and Marvin Jones is, is really just, you know, he, he's a possession guy. So yeah, it's, um, I do like Marvin Jones. I, I like do, him too. I, I, yeah. I oh, like they definitely Marvin have the pieces at receiver. Yeah. They do. They do have the pieces at receiver. They don't have the number one at receiver. Yeah. They got to keep them healthy. You know, DJ Chark. I, I like him. you know, coming out of LSU. I mean, the guy ran a four, three runs a four, three, six, four, you know, 40 inch vertical. You know, uh, since it's combine time, you know, well, it's had a 40 inch vertical back in the day. I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> NFL combine, 40 inch vertical. Let's go. But um, DJ Chark, athletic. If I mean, if he can go back to 2019, you know, when, when he had, oh. you know, eight touchdowns, seven, three catches, thousand yards, you, you know, obviously 
he got hurt last year. He played four games. I think him and Urban Meyer weren't on the best of um, best of terms. And obviously, you got a very similar guy with Marvin Jones, though, which is which is interesting. You got two guys that are big, tall guys that can run. I feel like they kind of work against each other instead of with each other. Having a guy maybe that works more in the slot, works more on the outside. So I mean, I would be happy to see Shark back another another you know for another opportunity. See if he can stay healthy. You know, got a whole new system here. See what he can do with Doug. But first, let's go after Devontae. Let's see if Godwin's out there. What can you get him for? And then, you know, obviously there's a lot that goes into it. But I wouldn't be upset if he came back. So, yeah, now speaking of D.A. Shark, I mean, according to John Reed of the Florida Times Union, that is going to be one of the back plans for the Jacksonville is to offer D.J. Shark a short-term deal. Uh, but I'm I'm going to honest. I'm with you guys. I, I let Shark test the market and – find out while well, let Jacksonville test the market for wide receivers. In the meantime, all he tests the market as well. Uh, you can't pass up on Chris Godwin. You can't pass up on Devontae Adams. Uh, some other top guys in this market. Amari Cooper is going to be hitting the market as well uh, here shortly. It seems like the Cowboys are going to end up cutting him. So home, so much for that hypothetical trade. Jacksonville could just go out and sign him if they want him. Uh, and, you know, I will say before, Doug Peterson did want him on the Eagles back in uh, 2018. So, could be something there if Doug does really does have the power that he does seem to have, which let's just roll right into it. This EVP search, according to Ian Rappaport, is, is officially over. Shaq Khan's announcing it's over. They're already uh, letting Doug continue the culture that he's building. They're not going to add any new voices to the room that he's already establishing currently. Uh, I love that move. But you know what also that signifies, to be honest with you? Because I know we were talking about we really want an EVP to you know help out Trent Baalke, aid Trent Baalke, because Trent Baalke shouldn't be the GM. But it just goes to show you guys the more power Doug Peterson's getting within this organization. He never had that before. And this is the first time he's had the say. Do you think that him not signing or him not getting an EVP is who is it benefiting? It's benefiting Doug or is it benefiting Baalke? It, it benefits Bulky's job security, but it benefits Doug more in terms of I, this is my team. My I get to say what goes. Yeah, I think like I think exactly. I think it benefits both of them. But I think that um, I think that Doug's experience in um, in, in in the league is going to pay out here. I, I tweeted today. It said Doug's um, he has 26 years of NFL experience. He's played for 13. He's coached for 13. This guy has seen a lot of stuff in this league, and he's had a lot of success. He's been on, um, he's been on some great teams, and he knows how to he knows how to do that. Yeah, so I think Doug will have more of a say, and I know everybody's calling for Balky's head, but I, you know, I think that um, I'm not upset with it. I think let's give Doug, let's see how he does, and then you know, let's let's take it let's take it from there next season if, if there's some issues. But I like giving Doug the say. Well. I mean, again, this is this is us speculating that Doug will have more say. This is not official, but I, I yeah. think, you know, it's common sense uh, avails here. But, you know, Clay, you said the last episode, Doug comes from Andy Reid, who comes from Mike Holmgren. What did those guys do? They had nothing but say with their organizations that they coached. Uh, Doug never got that treatment in Philadelphia. There was always the training wheels were always put on him, and it was High Roseman's team and High Roseman's say. Uh, now in Jacksonville, it seems like the training wheels are off. He's one year removed from the game. He was able to step back, relax, address his flaws, which is what you just actually alluded to earlier in the show is that they brought in uh, Tim Tellman or Tom Tellman from Ohio running back coach, Tyler Tellerton, sorry, excuse me, yeah. for offensive quality. And that's, 
something that he didn't do in Philadelphia either. He kept all the modern day guys and he refused to bring in college guys to bring in new looks to his offense in Jacksonville. Now he's already done that before he's even coached a game for them. So uh, I'm just so confident in Doug Peterson this time around. Like this is just, you know, no coach has ever won a Super Bowl for two teams, but if anybody's going to do it, I'm telling you, it's going to be Doug Peterson because nobody thought Doug Peterson was going to be a Super Bowl winning head coach. Nobody thought he would end that streak for the the Philadelphia Eagles to finally get their first world championship. Uh, I think Absolutely. nobody thinks he's going to be the coach to win the second Super, uh, second Super Bowl with a different team. <laughs> if anybody's going to do it, he's going to be the guy, folks. I'm telling you right now, this is a very confident Doug Peterson, the most confident I've ever seen him. Absolutely. From the outside looking in, when you look at the when people are saying, oh, he's taking the job in Jacksonville, people might look at the history of the record of the Jags. And there have been a couple of good years sprinkled in there. But, I mean, you got to look and see – what we've got in place. Like I said before, number one draft pick. You can look at anybody in the entirety of college football, the whole NCAA who's coming out of the draft and say, I want that guy. And you can pick them and get them on your team. That's huge. Anybody. Huge. Then you've got $70 million in, in money to work with this season for, for, for contract and free agency. You can basically look at anybody and say, hey, I want that guy. You've been a coach in this league. So not a guy as a new coach, you've scouted every player you've played against. You've been on teams. You've seen these guys. You know what players can play and what they can do to fit your system. So you got that experience. You go, I like how he works in my system. I like how he works in that system. I like how he works in my system. There are so many things. There's so many reasons why this is going to be a good year for the Jaguars. I truly believe it. I know some people will troll you. You say something on Twitter. You think the Jaguars – you know, can have a big season. AFC, AFC, you know, the, the division's nervous. But I, th- I think this really is. You have a lot in place here. And like you said, bringing in Tyler Tennelton, Ohio State quarterback, all-time leader in passing yards, receptions, touchdowns, LSU offensive assistant. I think he brings a new look. You know, Doug comes from that old West Coast system. Andy Reid, Mark, you know, Mark, Mike Holmgren, all these um, – excuse me, I think I uh, – did I just – Cut out there for a second. No, we're here, uh, Marty Morningwig. Marty Morningwig. These old school guys. Brett Favre. You know that's the offense he comes from. But I think he's bringing in some new guys that can really, really change this offense and, and make it great for for everybody in the, in the Jag offense. Yeah, and I, I mean, going back to you know what we were, um, you know the the EVP. I was I was just thinking the last time they brought in EVP. You guys know who that was? Tom mm. Tom Coughlin. Mm. And what happened, you know, after, after, Hey, let's, uh, let's bring in this guy who used to be with the franchise and, and maybe he can like turn things around, change the culture and it ruined everything. (laughs) So since, since, you know, Shad kind of sees how Doug is running things and and he feels comfortable. Um, it's always good to kind of ride the wave. Sometimes, you know, you have a plan. Uh, that that you have, you know, maybe before the coaching search even started. Hey, we're going to get another front front office guy in here. Uh, we're going to make sure that we have everything in place. And sometimes, when you're going through it all, things change, and it's always better to maybe ride the wave instead, and always just take the momentum and see kind of where it goes. Um, and I think since it's good now, uh, you know, they don't want to mess up that uh, you know, camaraderie. Apparently that that Doug has right now uh, with bulky. I kind of saw a video of them getting ready to, to head to Indianapolis and both of them had smiles on their faces. I wanted to make a snakes on a plane comment on Twitter, but 
I, I refrained. Uh, <laughs> not snakes, snake on a plane. Just bulky, not Doug Peterson. But um, I held back. But, yeah, because uh, you're feeding into this hysteria of Trent Bulky syndrome that Jacksonville Jaguars have. <laughs> I just don't want him to to get in between what Doug is doing and and feed Shad Khan some, I don't know, just something that's negative about him because I felt like that's what he was doing before. Even though Urban Meyer effed everything up up himself, um, you know, I just don't think Bulky helped, and he didn't help in other situations either. Um, and so I just don't want him to mess up. Doug, and if there was another guy that they can bring in to be like a liaison between them, you know, maybe that was the best idea. But if you know, Shaw just sees it good right now, and then everything's kind of going, you know, it's copo copacetic or whatever that word is, then hey, just yeah. uh, ride the wave, right? Absolutely. What's more important than a peace of mind? Nothing, and that's what NordVPN is here for to give you a peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is, a, is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe. Or use the code B-L-E-A-V. That's believe. To get your 70% off your NordVPN plus and one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's NordVPN promo code believe. B-L-E-A-V to get 70% off your first month plus an additional month free. NordVPN, have the peace of mind while you're online. Uh, you know, that's that's that stuff's so funny with the Trent Balky stuff because <laughs> I've never seen somebody as – Jacksonville Jaguars fans are so passionate, man. I've Yo, never seen somebody so – They're savage. I, I love them and fear them just as equal. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I'm seeing that now. I'm learning that myself. But uh they're like wolves, know, man. They just attack on you. I'm gonna like tell you pack. right now, if Sean Khan ever goes the route of Trent Balky over Doug Peterson, he doesn't deserve to own a team. Like you're right, but that that's the whole issue that everybody is having. That's what they had all offseason. You know, like no. what are you doing? You're maybe possibly ruining this this franchise quarterback that you finally have. You know, some some guy that's apparently, you know, like a sneak in every organization he went to, you know, there was always communication issues. Then you have these ex-players coming out saying all this stuff about, you know, him literally bringing players down just, you know, while they're stretching. Hey, you suck, you know, in <laughs> just obviously not not quoted that. But, hey, you know, you're not going to make it. And maybe he had decent drafts. But at the same time, like, I think communication is a big thing. Like, that's going to take you further than, you know, putting the right pieces in the right place. Like, sometimes that's not everything. And, and it's just about, hey, let's ride this wave. And and when everybody feels like they're a part of one group, um, and I don't mean to bring up the Eagles again, but it's, whole, it's this whole, like, underdog mentality that they had when they thought that Carson Wentz was the better quarterback, and yet they went with their hot hand. 
you know, that is the way to go sometimes. It's not the best players with the highest ratings, and that's not what a winning team is all about. You know, all it takes is one year. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't want Balky to get in the way. So, but, you know, you, you can't just fear something. I guess we fear the unknown, you know? Clay, from like a former player perspective, how, like how do you feel about a GM when he's, you know, making bad moves? That you're playing honestly, for honestly, yeah, honestly. Do you care? <laughs> honestly, I just I don't try to think about it as a player. I think that you uh you know it's there. You know there there might be some issues and you might say something here or there, but you you don't have as much um interaction in the day-to-day with with the GM. As far as the coaches or or the players are concerned, typically you're dealing with the coaches, right? But it, the GM's job is to bring in those players to decide, you know, who's coming in, who's going out. So you're dealing with the coaches the majority of the time. So as far as like the day to day with the GM, you're not having as much interaction with, which that, that would give me hope that, you know, Doug can really uh, implement, you know, his culture and do the things that he wants to do because, you know, he will have more interaction with the players on a day to day basis. That makes sense. Cause you know, we don't fans, the media, we don't know that, you know, we don't, we don't yeah. understand that. We always think, you know, that these GMs, well, you, players are walking on eggshells around these guys, or yeah. that's what it seems like to us from the appearances. But that's good to know because I mean, I think that's a lot of what Jaguar fans are worried about. They're worried about, like Gloria's saying, putting the franchise quarterback around the same building as that guy, or having all these young players, young talented guys, uh, trying to build a culture around this GM who is nothing but a losing culture because. Uh, say what you will about his drafts, that's for sure, but his record the last couple of years is horrible. Since he's last been fired from the 49ers and taken over the Jaguars, he's won, I think, 10 games, if that. Like, it, it's really bad. So uh, I think that would, you know, that's that's like your company you work for. You, when you see the company starting to fail, you, I think as myself, as an employee, I start to worry a little bit about my job status. Uh, I, I think that's where our perspectives are looking into the situation with Trent Balky, but I mean, that's good for you to say that. And for you to say, you know, the players might not be that concerned about it at all. They're just doing their jobs. Cause uh, I think that's what fans are worried about though. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he, he won't have as much of an effect on the players on the field in the day to day, the watching film, the practices, the training camp, the weight room stuff. He'll have the effect majority, you know, majorly on the players that are in the building who's coming in, who's going out, and then dealing with the coaches in that aspect. So as far as the player's concerned, you're not going to deal with them, see them that often, at least at any organization that I've been in. And unfortunately, I've been in a lot. <laughs> well, it's a good perspective to have, though, by being in a lot, just knowing yeah. how the day-to-days work. Because if you had just been in one, then everybody would say, well, you only have perspective of one. So it's good yeah, to know. That's good information. Definitely take that to heart. But guys, yeah. we gotta, so we're going to have a little roundtable debate. Uh, to end out the podcast because I, I I'm dying to know what your opinions are on this. Uh, the reason why is because you look at this team and you say, like we said at the start of the show, off they have the pieces, they have the young franchise quarterback. You know, forget Trevor Stats' rookie year. This guy's going to be it. They're going to make something out of him. Uh, they have the running backs. You know, this rushing attack could be top three in the league if they utilize both guys and lean on both guys this season the way that they should, in my opinion. Uh, as soon as they fix the trenches, which looks like it's going to be the main area of focus this offseason, 
as soon as like you know bringing back a Calais Campbell type impact to this locker room and drafting an Evan Neal at number one, uh, moves like that and addressing that wide receiver one in free agency, like we're discussing, how do the how can they not have the Cincinnati Bengals type jump with with you know what they had under Tro, uh, Joe Burrow second year with Trevor Lawrence if they make these possible moves? Am I correct? Honestly, yeah, I think that, you know, that's what I've been trying to say and like give, uh, you know, give some hope to these Jaguars fans. You know, I think we've had, we had a lot of injuries last year. I think you're going to have some guys coming back. I think that obviously we got the new coach, like I've said, that's going to bring, you know, a, a lot of positive things. I like Mike Caldwell as well. I think that he bring, he's going to bring some, some great, you know, defensive play here. You know, guys coming from the, the Todd Bowles tree, it's going to be good, good to have him there. And then Doug has put, put a heck of an offensive uh, staff together. My only concern at all with the offense is making sure that we do run the ball a little bit and that we, maybe we get another running back in there. So I know Doug loves to pass the ball. You know, we've got to be balanced. I mean, if you watch the Philadelphia Eagles this year, when they started running the ball more, that's when they started having success and really turned it around in the second half of that, that season. I know we got, you know, James Robinson and, and we got some, some solid running backs, but um, I think we might need another guy there. Might need to make sure that we we get this offensive line sorted out. Um, figure out what we're gonna do with Cam Robinson, the left tackle. Is he getting franchised again? What are we doing with Linder? Um, you know, free agency. We're gonna be able to make an offensive line gel. That's a big deal. Offensive line. Those five guys up front. Everything starts with them. And uh, you know, Doug's been quoted as saying, "Hey, you know, games are won and lost in the trenches." He knows that. You know, all these big time offensive coordinators know that the trenches is where it all begins. And that's going to be huge for a rookie quarterback. But I like where we're heading. I think this is going in the right direction. You know, combines this weekend. I'm really excited to hear about the news coming out of there. I think we'll uh, we'll have some cool stuff to talk about the next time we talk about which guys impressed, which guys didn't, which guys showed you some athleticism that we might not have known that they had. Maybe be a nice fit for this uh, Jaguars uh, team. So I'm excited. I think we're going in the right direction. And I do see a big turnaround this year. I see a playoff run. I'm excited to have a former player perspective on for the combine, discuss the combine a little bit more and what we're actually looking at. That'd be great, you know, just to have Clay's insight on what we're actually looking at, what guys, you know, made sense because there's going to be rumors out there who the Jaguars talk to. That's what we're going to discuss on the podcast when they interview these guys and it's reported that they met with these guys. And then Clay can break down their combine uh, events and it's going to be a great, great couple weeks on this podcast this upcoming offseason for Jacksonville Jaguars definitely tune in, but Laurie, how how does Trevor Lawrence have after you studied so much of film on the Cincinnati Bengals and you saw how they turned it around last year to this year with really no offensive line help? They ran it back with the same offensive line and ended up being really the hindrance of this team. But still, they ran it back. All they did was really add that wide receiver one and Jamar Chase to the offense, and everything just went to the moon from there. How do the Jacksonville Jaguars give that sophomore season to Trevor Lawrence that? The Cincinnati Bagels get a Joe Burrow. Well, one thing that <clears throat> one huge difference between these two teams is that the Cincinnati Bengals have two guys that have the most yak one and two, basically, or no, I'm sorry. They're top five uh, in, in yards after the catch. That's Joe Mixon who can, who's catching out the flat a lot. And it's also um, Jamar chase. And I don't, I mean, James Robinson isn't a Joe Mixon, uh, but I mean, I think it's important for James Robinson to get the ball more. Um, but they certainly, Jaguars certainly don't have a Jamar Chase. 
so that's a big, like that's a really big difference. And then when you think about the other pieces that they have on offense, not talking about the offensive line, they have Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, um, C.J. Uh, Ozem Ozemwa, I think that's how you say his name. Um, who's been, you know, good. pretty decent tight end, right? So that is something that the Jaguars don't have, like a depth of wide receivers who are just playmakers who can get a lot of yards after the catch. Their Jaguars don't have any big plays like at all. These wide receivers are running into each other. So I think it would be huge if they add an, uh, obviously a piece in free agency. Um, and um, if they're able to like, nobody really knows what ETN has either because he hasn't played at all. Uh, was it, was it one or two snaps right in the NFL before he, uh, Hurt, yeah, got unfortunately, preseason so, too. That's nobody really knows what he can do if he's breaking tackles, if he's just like a straight line runner, if he's just going to be, you know, really good in screen, like bubble screens or tunnel screens, things like. Well, not tunnel screens. I mean, hey, Urban was lining him up on the outside. So who? Everyone, everyone was training him at wide receiver at times. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, definitely. And and yeah. I think a lot of people were just thinking of him as um as a running back. And maybe that's the way that Doug goes. Maybe, maybe ETN and Robinson are a one and two, but nobody really knows. So on the offensive side, comparing them to the Bengals, that's, it's kind of tough because they're more up in the air and they don't have as many pieces as the Bengals have. Um, and then the offensive line, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how Joe Burrow got so far. Honestly, I don't either. like it's absolutely I insane. I don't think that's, that's something that you can replicate um, nine sacks and still win. Um, I do think that Trevor Lawrence has that same like tenacity that Joe Burrow has. Um, but you know, it's something that Joe Burrow got basically benched by Urban Meyer on Ohio State. So he's always been the underdog. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been the underdog his entire life. He's always been number one. So you don't it, it's tough to to take those two guys and say, okay, you know, can we compare them? Can they have a similar season, especially when you look on the offensive side of the ball? We don't really know what the Jaguars have. Now on defense, the Jaguars certainly do not have the pieces that the Jaguars have on defense, and nor do they have the DB uh, coaches or the defensive coordinator that the Bengals had where they were able to run. I mean, I did go over some of the defense with Coach Vass, uh, um, who is a defensive coach. You guys should follow him on Twitter. He's breaking down every single team on defense, and the Jaguars did surprisingly – they definitely stepped it up with their defense last year. They did a lot of switches and things like that, but they don't have a safety like Jesse Bates. They don't mm-hmm. have him at all. That's something that they need. They don't have a, a line or a linebacker like Logan Wilson either. Um, I think he's really good in coverage. He can get sideline to sideline, and that's something that, yeah, um, uh, Miles Jack can do, but he's not a big force like Logan Wilson is. Um, so I do think there's some pieces that are missing, and – they also have a really good nickel corner um, in in uh, Mike Hilton, who is really shutting down slot receivers. Whose slot nowadays seems to be bigger than you know the Z receiver, the, the bigger guy on the outside. So I think there's some pieces on defense that need to be addressed, like the safety position. They need a. Um, I mean, I do like Damian Wilson, um, but uh, you know they don't have a Logan Wilson uh, either. So it's really hard to compare these two teams. Um, I think that they have the foundation in place. They definitely have like a better maybe offensive line and, and what Doug's going to do in the offseason. Um, so I think it's just important 
to build Trevor Lawrence and give him the weapons um, to succeed. And I think that's running the ball more with James Robinson. Um, but uh, definitely the Bengals had a defense that kind of never really allowed Burrow to like play from behind. And I think that's a big difference between, you know, them and the Jaguars. I feel like Trevor was always kind of playing from behind. Uh, so it's going to be tough. I think once the draft happens and once we get through free agency, we'll have a better idea of what this team is. So we'll be able to say, hey, can they do something like what the Bengals did last year? Um, but uh, right now, I, I do see some holes uh, that they need to fill in comparison to what the Bengals have. I like Andre Zisco, though, the safety that they got out of Syracuse last year. Oh, I was yeah, kind of hoping yeah. he would play more, to be honest with you. I do think he can be a piece for this uh, Caldwell defense. I, I, you know, I think Mike Miles Jack is going to be a different player under Caldwell's defense, too. But again, this is all projections. We're just trying to see. Lori's correct in what she's saying, and I completely agree. I think uh, ETN can be Joe Mixon type back, though. Clay, you look like you're dying over there when I was talking. No, I, I, I like a lot something. of that. No, I like I like a lot of what you said. I think that um, I think that ETN that's a great. I mean, this guy was a first round pick. We never got to see him. You know, he played in one preseason game, got hurt. This guy was 25th pick in the entire draft. He's teammates, college teammates with, with Trevor Lawrence. I think he's got some juice. I, I, you know, I'm excited to see this guy. I think that he can't. Obviously, you don't want to count on that because you don't know. He's never really played in the NFL. But I mean, hey, he's a first round pick. It's like having another first round pick this year. We got this guy coming back that we haven't really seen. I think that's huge. And, um, you know, defensively, I know, I mean, we got some players, I know, I know, but what we do definitely need some work. I mean, Miles Jack, Josh Allen, I mean, you know, Griffin at the corner spot. I think that, um, I think that we do need some work there, but, um, I like the direction they're headed. I think they're def- they'll definitely be better. You know, I like Mike Caldwell. I think he, he'll have a, a good system in place coming from that Todd Bowles network, who's always been a successful defensive coordinator. And, um, you know, with everything we got going on, I think it's really exciting, really exciting tying. I don't know if we're going to be the Bengals, but I think that there definitely will be a, a run for the playoffs. Hey, they're going to make a run for – it seems like they're going to make a run for Class Campbell reunion uh, to come back to Jacksonville. I'll tell you right now, Cincinnati went into the offseason last year and said, Carl Lawson is replaceable. Let's go get a guy that we really need to set the tone on the edge, Trey Hendrickson. If they bring in a Calais Campbell to pair with their Josh Allen, yeah, they're taking the Cincinnati Bengals-type steps, though. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I think Josh Allen obviously had his best year when he had Calais next to him. Uh, kind of taking those double teams on things like that. And Calais moved all over the line. So, if, you know, him, Calais and Josh Allen on one side, man, that's 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 dominating right there. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Look at the uh, look at the Rams. Look at the team that actually won the Super Bowl, the defensive line that they have. That shows that, um, you know, D-line is important. You can do a lot of good things if you have a bunch of defensive linemen that can rush the passer. I mean, you can only, you can only double team. A couple of guys, right? One guy, two guys. If you have if you have two guys on each edge that can that can really play, if you have a guy in the in the interior that can play, hey, I mean, it's a tough day for for a closing quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that the DBs are only as good as what the defensive line can do. Um, if you if you put pressure on the quarterback and then you press on the outside, nobody's going to be open. And that bringing me to Tyson Campbell, I think he's going to take a huge step forward this year, mm-hmm. uh, like a huge yes. step forward. I think he's, I think he's going to be 
maybe one of the top corners, man. I, I can see it. I, I just see like every every single game last year, he was getting better and better and better. And it was it was a, a sight to see, honestly. It was exciting. What do you think his best spot is, though? Is it the say, boundary? Uh, yeah, on the outside. And I think that's where he's most comfortable also. Um, I, they, so they do, do need, need a, they do need a nickel corner then. Yeah, then they do. Yeah, I don't really like uh, Trey Herndon um, in there. Like, I'm I'm not a, like a huge fan of him. Um, so I, I just think maybe they can go after someone. I don't know who's available in free agency for nickel uh, corner. We'll go into um, that in these next couple episodes for sure. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. have our we're gonna have our free agent target episode for sure, where we want to go free agent shopping as we put our Trent Balky hats on or the clown mask on. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> And go into the free agent shopping list in the next couple episodes here shortly. Yeah. But and uh, I, before you go, Doug Peterson is actually live on right now. So uh, maybe we can discuss a little bit of uh, what he is talking about at the combine. I'm, like, I, I'm excited to hear what he has to say right now. For sure. well, that will do it for this episode of Believe in Jaguars podcast because <laughs> we're going to go ahead and go watch Doug Peterson speak and see what's up with that so we can do a new episode and talk about that as well. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, the show is powered by betonline.ag. Go over to betonline.ag, put promo code Believe in to get 50% off of your matching bonus to start off to start betting at the best sports betting website around. That's betonline.ag. And then also go to nordvpn.com to start up your VPN plan. Have a peace of mind when you're online. NordVPN, promo code BLEAV for 70% off your package today. That's promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, NordVPN. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back soon. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.